You're listening to Of Slights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician Production. Alright, well I just hit record um, and this is going to be a... already... <laughs> already it's a... Uh... A little bit of an unusual one. Um, I didn't come in with any sort of grand vision of what this is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. We just kind of called and figured we'd just uh, hit record and, and let it flow, um, which is always a dangerous thing to do as um, <laughs> my mind is now racing. Yeah, I know. Now, now I'm like, you know, it felt really natural before when we were just talking, but as soon as now, now I see the ticking timer with 36 seconds, I'm like, oh, freak. Yeah. Like, <laughs> What did we do? <laughs> uh-huh. You you suddenly forget how to how to have a conversation as soon as you see Yeah, I know. Recording I, know. I don't know why that's happened to me but right now I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> how, how do you word?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, well, it's a big said, day. Yeah, it's a, it's a big said, day. Let, let, let's get into it. Let's let's get into why we're we're recording. I think this. yeah, I think there's a reason that today is not quite so planned and there's a kettle boiling in the background. I hope that's not I can't too hear obvious. It, but, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's just one of those days, okay? This is not going to be no fillers, no edits, uh, whatever comes to mind, we will say. Um, and the reason for that is today is my uh, birthday. Uh, Woo! Big 2-0. Big milestone. Wow. Which officially marks uh, over a decade now in Magic, which is pretty... Pretty it's a cool. Big deal. Um, yeah. It's not bad. You know, it's uh, less than some, more than others, but I'm happy for it either way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some, you always read those stories, right? About like, you know, you go on one of those like magicians' websites. It's like, I started magic at the age of four. <laughs> I know. Performing for, I started like performing at age my six. My granddad so. first introduced me to like the triumph routine at the tender age of three and a half years old. And you're like, um... <laughs> yeah. And then I performed for Vernon at four and a half. <laughs> when I first met Vernon, I could barely say his name. <laughs> <laughs> my first word was die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that sounded wrong. Oh, freak! Um, yeah, I was going to say, that's... as in, as in, as in, his, dive his, his poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> what no. the freak? See, that's what happens when you don't when you don't have show notes. Yeah, um, yeah, you just. But no, that was a Vernon reference, not a morbid joke. <laughs> yeah, th- I thought the morbid joke was the funny bit, though. To be fair, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Anyhow, so, we, yeah. How did we 20s. even get into magic, though? Do you remember? Do you remember, like, what actually? Well, that's an interesting idea. Us? Maybe if I talk about a little bit of a highlight reel, kind of like best of. Um, I think it was actually um, strippers that goes. What? <laughs> did you hear what you just said? Was that on yeah. purpose? Was that on purpose after die? After the die joke? It was strippers yeah, the, that got the, us into magic? The stripper deck. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Because it was right. my... Actually, it was my birthday, actually. I can't remember which birthday, but it was... Are I you getting what's funny about that? Or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you just like... Um, just kind of like breezing over it? I guess I'll just... I mean, I, d- I guess I just... Uh, I guess you're just so pure in your mind that or you're just so indoctrinated by magic that that happens sometimes because um there are certain words in magic that you don't realize aren't in the wider literature um and so sometimes i'll google something or i'll try and like write um (laughs) uh some kind of try and order try and order a stripper and it just doesn't come (laughs) the way you thought it would (laughs) <laughs> never quite that far but sometimes when you're googling something you use words that you realize like don't have any meaning outside of magic and um, which is strange because you're so used to that collective vocabulary that it's true it's like you, yeah. you, you don't know what this word means um it's true that actually that happened to me the other day when um mm-hmm. when i bought those new decks because i bought the 
the Richard Turner gold standard bicycle deck. And then I, mm-hmm. I got the, uh, yeah, that was actually a pretty sad moment because I was unboxing mm. it and I was so excited yeah. and I was like, feel this deck. It, it looks, it's, it's so nice. And, and I, I told everyone like, these are some of the best cards around. Like I'm so excited to get them. And then everyone was just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a bicycle deck. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were pretty disappointed. So mm-hmm. it, it is, well, I can't even remember what the word I used was. I thought it was like a super simple word. It might've just been like the word like deck. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? But, no, yeah. I think people know what that word means. Uh, well, apparently my family doesn't, but I'm glad the rest of the world does. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to but, think what word it was that I... Because uh, there was one specific example I remember not too long ago. Oh, I think um, I think, I think I just said um, a trick deck or even just like a, a gaff, something like that. You know, it's like hmm. not the the average... I guess Jacob family member was uh, mm-hmm. pretty lost. Are you brainstorming on uh, what word you recently um, said? Yeah, but now the more the longer I do that, the less <laughs> the the more I realize people probably don't care. Um, yeah. So we will move on. <laughs> Back to the original question, which was what the original question? What, how what we started? Yeah. yeah. Um, so stripper deck was on my birthday. I think it was, I don't know, I don't know how many years ago, but it was, I was pretty young at the time, but you, I remember you were there because I'd invited you over, um, mm. you know what, maybe I was eight or nine or something like that because I'd invited you over uh, and we'd, you know, this is where we reveal just the extent of the, um, uh, the various niches we've found ourselves in over the years because we were doing, um, <laughs> Like a, a Warhammer 40k. Um, yeah. I don't know how you'd even describe that to, to a non-initiated uh, Warhammer. <laughs> we were doing player, a bat- but... we were having a battle with what are basically little plastic figures mm-hmm. uh, that you paint. But not just any. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> not plastic figures that you buy for like a dollar <laughs> from a show. These are the ones that I you wish. buy. Yeah, I mean, you buy these for like hundred dollars then you have to like yeah. assemble them yourself they right. don't even come assembled you have to like cut them out and like assemble them and then you paint them um and it's this whole subculture that not many i mean i guess uh there is maybe some overlap um <laughs> i don't oh, yeah, know we, did, a, we actually did yeah no there is because i've there's, there's people Remember, we saw that we saw someone the other day yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe there is um but either way, I'd invite you over for a game of that uh, with somebody from, from primary school, um, which is what we were doing. But as one of my gifts, I think I'd got like a Marvin's Magic kit or something. And so there was like a stripper deck mm-hmm. in there and I was trying to work out how to use it. Um, and I remember I was sat in the living room, sat on the floor, trying to make, I couldn't make like head or tail of like what these cards were, like how was I meant to use them. While you were in the kitchen playing Warhammer with my uh, my buddy from school, and so you were just having like a whale of a time, just like living it up, like doing the st- doing the oh, activity yeah, that great. I'd wanted to do because I was like just stuck. I did, I got kind of like obsessed with it, and I was like I had to work out how I had to figure out how they worked, and I couldn't. And I was like, um, if if you mess up a stripper deck as well, it's so hard to like get back. Oh, actually, it's not. I guess you can just pull them out. Well, but that's like, kind of the like point. A, I, I remember as like, a, as, as, my, you can't, as like a kid. Mm, as a kid, I remember mm-hmm. just being like, "Oh, you don't have quite the same." I would like you'd like go through and turn them all the all of them back to like the right angle so mm-hmm. that it would actually work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I think about it, I still have I still have that deck because um, that served me very well for quite a while, especially as like a younger kid and and doing that kind of stuff. You can do some really cool stuff with a stripper deck. Um, you can, yeah. I remember if that was that was cool. I think that was the first instance, like the first. Or maybe I'd had a magic kit when I was like really young, because I think, but I I don't know. That was the first real kind of like first time I really kind of got into it. Was that? I think I really got into kind of like cards and stuff. I think it was. So my dad used to make movies, and um, we went to to Mecula to go to this film festival and 
I don't know. I think we then we decided to go to Las Vegas from California, which is a bit of a drive, but we went there because mm-hmm. oh yeah, because there was um there was like an after party, mm-hmm. and it was in the Bellagio, and right. uh, we went to this. Well, I was like, I think I was thirteen at the time. I was like, my dad was like taking mm-hmm. me along. It was like a kind mm-hmm. of treat, and uh, we just watched Ocean's Eleven for anyone that knows oh, that movie, right. and that I was so like. That is still one of my favorite movies, and I, I was like, going through the Bellagio was like the best. It was like the coolest thing I'd ever experienced at that point in my life <laughs> as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember you can buy those super cheap decks that are kind of like cut, mm-hmm. so you can. Um, they, so because obviously the they kind of change the decks out r- r- pretty regularly in casinos, uh, so you can't like uh, swap cards or whatever it might be. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I bought one of those decks and I remember getting home and I think it was, I think we had a book or something on magic Mm -hmm. and I can't remember what it was, but it was one of those like really simple ones for like, I don't know, like magic for beginners or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And I did, I I just started like playing around with it. And I think it was our uncle, wasn't it? Now that I think about Mm. it, uncle Sam that was like really into, uh, well, at the time was it was the Hummer floating card, right? Yeah, and he did it. Uh, he did at a, really a good party. Job of it. Like I've yeah. seen. No, no, I think it was just for us. Like because it was like a family holiday, and we were there. We were watching. Um, because I rem- I remember it so vividly. Um, I can't remember if this came before or after that stripper deck. Uh, either way, it doesn't. It was a similar sort of time. But I remember seeing that, and he did it really well. Because wow, I've we, seen a lot of people. You know what? Now that now yeah. we talk about it, we kind of do have one of those origin stories because I think we were about <laughs> like six or younger, maybe even when he was doing magic like that. And I remember it like you're saying so vividly. Mm-hmm. I can I remember exactly how he started. He started out with his hands like together, and he was like, "I'm going to show you the power of magnetism." And then he like lifted one hand up, and it kind of like sort of so his hands were like clasped clasped together. The card was there. He lifted it up, and it followed. And so it gradually like built, and then he sort of like made it like float in between the hands. Then it was like going up and like through his arms, and like I think he made it go like how I remember it was he made it go like up his t shirt and out. Which I don't know if he did do that, but either way, it's kind of a testament to how it felt at the time. Is the way that I remember it that happened, and I've seen a lot of people do that over the years since. And I have to say, I've never seen it done quite so well. And maybe it's because I was seeing it through those kind of childlike eyes. But I yeah, I remember that really vividly. And I remember as well, he, because he, he had like a perfect pass and he still does actually. I don't know if you've seen him do the pass well, in a while, but I don't know if anybody has a perfect pass. Not a perfect. <laughs> so, okay. Again, in my, eyes, chi- yeah. in my child eyes, he had a perfect pass. And I was like, mm. I remember he would do it, you know, like just like wave his hand over the deck and then suddenly like my card would jump to the top. I guess it was like my first taste of the ambitious card. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I, wow. I guess we were like. Four or five. <laughs> when we first saw Magic and got inspired. That's kind of funny. Mm. Uh, but I guess it was, was, it was it later same... that I really got into it. Now that, now that we talk about that, was that the same holiday where... So your dad was... Um, I can't remember why. They were doing some kind of like... Uh, Uncle Sam did some kind of prank on your dad where he grabbed like a... He like soaked in water. I don't know what he used to do it. Like if it was like a water balloon or... Anyway, he got him like drenched or something as some kind of joke. <laughs> and I remember you pulled me aside and you were, you were like, dude, we got to get revenge. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, I don't know about that. I think it was just a bit of fun. He's like, no, trust me. This is, this would be so much more fun if we do this. And we both got like a glass of water and we just like waited in, in like the, so it was like the doorway where you come out. We were just like next to that. And as soon as he came out, we just like, <laughs> Just like chucked a glass of water at him. Or you did first and then I just kind of Holy half-heartedly freak. did it after you. And it was just no, there was no like <laughs> joke whatsoever. It was just the awkward thing where like oh, we both no. just did it. And then like everyone was just like, yeah, that was not funny. Like, <laughs> But I mean, we were, we were so young at the time. And I was like, I remember that pr- pretty vividly as well. That's funny, man. Yeah, that, that's cool. I, I think it was later that we, we really got. Oh, because actually now I think about it. Do you remember I used to do that trick? Um what would be the technical basically it was just like turning a card over in the deck but you it had like a name natural routine did but i can't remember it from the book anymore but i remember sam gave me this book and he's like this is the book that i started with 
and I started mm-hmm. reading through it and I was like, I found this one where it's like, <laughs> it's kind of, it's pretty, pretty bad trick, but it's kind of funny mm-hmm. where you, you're like, okay, like I'm, so what happens is you're like, you, they pick a card out um, and then you turn around, you're like, oh, I'm not going to look at your card and you mm-hmm. turn the bomb card face, uh, oh, face okay. down. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you turn around and then you're like, okay, push your card. Chestnut. Yeah. Do you remember it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put, you like push your card into the deck and you, they push it in. And then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, like if I was a bad magician, I'd do this trick behind <laughs> my back. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, and then yeah, you would flip that. that card back over yeah. the one that you turned over and then spin the deck around and be mm-hmm. like, because I'm a good magician, I'll do it with pure <laughs> magic. And you just click your fingers yeah. and then you spread the deck and their cards face up. I think um, that was the first magic trick that I ever learned, actually. Really? I think the first one I learned was, um, again, it's kind of cliche, but it's one that my dad did on me and fooled me really hard. I remember, like, wanting to know so bad. And then he told me, um, and it, it just used, like, the glide principle, basically. It was a super simple one, but mm. it was, like, really powerful. Um, and I still use it occasionally just because it's, like, just the way the routine is constructed is so clever that even though mm-hmm. it only uses a glide, it's still uh, pretty amazing. That's cool, man. No, I, yeah, that's, I think that's the first one I ever did. Cause I remember doing it on my dad and he actually, I don't, well, I'm sure he, my dad has quite a knack for figuring out how magic tricks <laughs> are done. So I'm sure mm-hmm. he uh, indulged me <laughs> mm-hmm. and told me, Oh, that's, that was a great one. Didn't, I have no idea how you did it, but I'm sure that mm-hmm. I'm sure that he did. <laughs> in actuality but uh yeah that was those are some good stories I, I actually forgot completely about them until we talked about it so i'm glad we had this conversation yeah and i mean we're still what we haven't progressed <laughs> much further than like 10 yet so we should probably um yeah at this point we're like six <laughs> uh i'm trying to think like what's the next big i think it was like the real milestone. like you when youtube became like a real big thing for us oh, okay was when i really yeah. started to we kind of caught, caught that wave didn't we exactly but yeah. it was still like old days it's not like magic on youtube now um i mean it kind of is a bit but it's not it's different you know there, there was a simple kind of purity about those old yeah it was less tutorials. yeah exactly it was less clickbaity let me actually I'm going to go online and, and look up. You can keep talking, but I'm going to see okay. when the first Miss Mag video, like, because I, I feel like we were right, right there. Those are the golden, <laughs> golden days of YouTube magic. Yeah. And I remember, it's funny now thinking about it, because Miss Mag would be like, oh, if you want like a free deck with a signed card. like, Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny to think about. Wow. You know, it's weird, because I remember thinking at the time, like, this guy is the best magician in the world. I know. Like I I, just I genuinely believe that he was, <laughs> which is, yeah. I mean, and obviously no uh, disrespect to Miss Mag, but uh, he's probably not. <laughs> but it just kind of tells you, like, when when you're that age and you just see, yeah. like, he's putting out so much stuff, and like he, you'd think he knows like everything there is to know about magic because like there's like yeah. a thousand different videos. Um, Freak, yeah, eleven years ago. Because I remember, do you remember oh, yeah, th- this that? Because we learned that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because my fr- oh, dude, now I'm remembering. My friend showed me on that. Uh, f- my friend showed me that at school. Because I had a friend wow. who did magic, and actually, the first thing he showed me was like a just making a coin disappear using the French drop, and that mm-hmm. blew my mind when I saw it. I was like, literally, it looked like just magic in front of me. It was crazy. Um, but then he also showed me this, that, and, and the other, which was like... <laughs> that's cool. Which is basically just a version of Color Monte, but that's not what we knew it as at the time. Um, and it it was like that super viral video on YouTube, but like right back in the early days of YouTube magic. Back when... All that stuff. Well, just back in the early days of YouTube where anything could blow right, up yeah, and yeah, be yeah. viral. <laughs> well, and being so much viral science behind it. like a, a few hundred thousand views, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I think we caught. I think we rode that that wave right in because I. Yeah. I remember just. I remember distinctly sitting in my room for hours, just trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to do some like Miss Mag tutorial <laughs> video. Yeah, I mean they weren't bad. Like some of the stuff no, he was showing you, yeah, was, they like, are good, pretty good. Um, although now I wonder, like, if I went back and watched them, how many of those videos would be like, 
oh, <laughs> that's actually like a Ken Krenzel routine, or that's so and so, and it's just because at the time you just think it's like he's coming up with this stuff, but I'm sure right, a lot of it was yeah. like Harry Lorraine stuff just <laughs> recycled. Um, which is, I mean, maybe he should he should have done more more credit in. Um, you know, if there's any sort of if he did yeah, anything sure. wrong, it's probably not you know acknowledging where some of this stuff came from. Um, or maybe he did. I can't remember that well. I just don't remember him doing that or doing it strongly enough to make any kind of impression on a young yeah for sure I, I just thought it was all miss max creation mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly which is why i thought he was like such a genius um yeah and yeah, he was a good teacher though um in terms of his style like he just made it so simple to understand and he was like i can still hear his voice and i know it's oh, kind of yeah, weird he had a good voice for it yeah it's like that and I, I, I will say i know there are <laughs> a lot of people who hate youtube magic um uh but when you're that kind of age you don't you're sort of blissfully unaware of that kind of debate um Definitely. which is kind of a nice age to be whereas now it's like you, you sort of understand the dilemma and like when you're that age you don't even have to worry about that kind of thing because you just yeah you well you, you you kind of just jump around looking for different effects and routines mm. really because I, I see similar things happen today like i've had people kind of like message us stuff on, on Instagram and be like, hey, do you like this? What do you think of this? And I'm like, oh, where'd you learn that? Um, that's a classic. And they say, oh, so-and-so taught it on their YouTube channel. And I go and look, right. and it's this kind of like pretty young YouTube channel teaching like um, this effect. And I'm like, well, hang on. <laughs> that's a Stuart James thing. Like, that's not what that's called. Like, mm-hmm. So I kind of get where people come from. It is, it is annoying when that happens. But when you're young, you don't really understand that kind of thing, which is why I give YouTube a lot of, I think it should be given a little bit more um, kudos. Uh, kudos, yeah, maybe. And not in the sense of like what I don't like about YouTube. And I think I've talked about this before, or maybe it would be in a future podcast. I can't remember. I'll go into more depth. But the, the basic idea of like my sort of relationship with YouTube magic is um, nowadays I watch YouTube magic just for... I only watch channels where there's like an actual personality and I, I don't watch it for the actual tricks. I just watch it for the people behind the channels. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with people running those channels. The ones that I have a bit of an issue with now are the ones that always kind of try and piggyback off of other people's hard work where it's like, you know, so-and-so America's got talent, semi-final trick revealed. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of like, come on, <laughs> seriously, this again. Yeah. All the ones that just um, kind of just buy people's courses and then just, Pull there, <laughs> all the yeah. I mean, well, that's basically. just straight up like yeah. Just recycle it onto um, YouTube. But there's a difference, right? Because there's there's. I, I don't mean as much like mm-hmm. posting their actual course. I mean like just right. repackaging it. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. But I think some of the the better side of YouTube magic, like I'm saying, is these personalities where you watch them. And again, this was like this has been going on for a while because I remember watching some of these guys even like quite a while back um but what they do that i think is really good is that they they because they're filming like everything they you get to kind of see what 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 magic can do when it's done right which is like a really valuable thing if you haven't seen that before because if you just pick up one of these classic books it's kind of hard to picture it understand like the impact this can have whereas sometimes when you see this stuff on youtube or you see these youtube magicians performing it even if you're not seeing the method it's kind of like a proof of concept where you you see it and you go, oh, okay, like this is a legitimate thing and like this is powerful, you know. <laughs> plus, so plus, kind of- everyone kind of learns differently, right? I mean, I know for me, I struggle to. Some it's hard for me sometimes to process magic, seeing it in kind of a written form. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's I think hard that's the same for, to, for most people. It's yeah, not not as hard. It's just it's going to require a little bit more. You have to think about it. Basically, you can't just skim yeah. over it. Um, well, it's just I don't watching, know why. Yeah, when it's, it's like a physical thing, thing, I need to like. Yeah, I don't know, but it's. I I, I think as, as an accompaniment or kind of, uh, for instance, uh, my, Michael Vincent's YouTube channel is, is a great, uh, example of of, of great content you know produced about mm-hmm. magic where he. Yeah, he, and I mean, he's not he, tipping any kind of like methods, but it. Like I was saying before, that is exactly what I mean. Like, when you watch that stuff and you go, wow, like, that's really good. And then he says, oh, it's in this book. And you say, oh, really? Oh, right. okay. Because you kind of forget. Like, sometimes some of this stuff is in the books. And 
you don't realize how cool it is until you see somebody like Michael Vincent doing it, um, at which point you realize. And so I think that's a, a pretty big benefit. Or even just, I love his series that he, he does on um, kind of just dedicated to different people, like, I don't know, like Slidini or like he did one mm-hmm. for René Levant and uh, all, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. That... <laughs> what was that? Lene Levant? René Levant. Oh uh, yeah, that's my that's me trying to as soon as I pronounce a foreign word, I do it in a French accent for some reason because that's the only language yeah. that I speak. So apart from English, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sorry for everyone's ears for that, but <laughs> it, it, I, I do find those those sort of series is is, is kind of a, interesting in that way of yeah, and it teaches you yeah. about magic history and it does it in an engaging and form because he does a really good job of it where he'll t- he'll tell you about these magicians. Um, and so you'll learn about them, but then he'll also show you like his routine that I learned from this guy or his right exactly, and I'm sort of recreating it. And it's it yeah, it's a really cool kind of combo. Um, you should definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, yeah, we're not affiliated with him in any way. It's just uh, you know, good content speaks for itself. Uh, good guy, and that that stuff is criminally underrated. The stuff he's putting out on his YouTube channel, it's crazy yeah. how how few views that get compared to some of the other magic videos. But yeah, I, I mean, sure. it's kind of it makes you feel kind of like. I don't know. Like you're in it feels an exclusive like the club. right people are watching it, and that's right. probably enough. You know, if you know, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, yeah. where did we go? Where were we? So, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, Continuing YouTube, after Miss Mag, I think. After Miss Mag, well, I think we, we we kept going. I mean, we started performing together pretty mm-hmm. young. I mean, we both got into it, and I can't remember how old I was when I first bought from when I first bought like magic product, but that was like another big turning point was when I first started like buying magic products and like, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I remember time, I absolutely loved that, that carnival thing. deck that I had that was mm. marked. I got I bought my mm-hmm. first marked deck and that was a pretty big landmark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny now that I think about it. Like if you're going to use a marked deck, you probably shouldn't, do something like the carnival deck where it's super kind of yeah. out there because it, it already looks suspicious and so you're just kind of inviting people are going to say remember, like, oh, what, what's up with those cards you know I, I thought it had the coolest trick joker though that was like my favorite thing mm-hmm. uh, do you remember cool. do you remember it had like mm-hmm. a what so that just one of the jokers had nothing in its hat and then the mm-hmm. other joker had a four of spades in its hat so we used to mm-hmm. do i used to do this really what i thought was a cool routine mm-hmm. where you would where i would force the four of spades no, I remember then, that. I remember yeah, do you remember? And then I'd flip it over and I'd be like, oh, like, is this your card? And it'd be the Joker without the four of spades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would double, it would be a double lift. That card would be mm-hmm. the one without it. And then I would pick that card up and put it down and be like, turn it around and be like, oh, well, look at it now. And they'd be like, oh, it's the same card. And they'd be like, look in its hat. And that would get some mm-hmm. actually, some some really good reactions. I remember as a, Yeah, because I remember when you kid. showed me, you showed me how the Hindu force worked. And I was like, it's such a like optically deceptive force. It really that, is, yeah. You know, when done right, obviously you don't want But when when you were doing it on me, I was like, I just didn't understand. I was like, wait, but he's I can really say stop wherever I like. It's like Yeah. <laughs> he's not like trying to like timing force me. Um and it's nothing like that. It's like Probably so probably because you were you were on a higher level of magic plane than I was. I don't think if you'd said I mean, I don't know if, to be <laughs> if you'd said timing force, I'm not sure I would have understood what that I mean I no, I didn't point. I didn't yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think I did either. I'm just kind of like speaking in hindsight, um, right? But yeah, so you were doing that. Then I was, um, yeah. I mean, it was a fun time when you start doing because I feel like when you start and you're young, you kind of explore a lot of different genres of magic, and you try and get a feel for oh, what do I like? And so I remember I was trying to, I was doing all kinds of stuff like you know, um, like mentalism, spoon bending, uh, PK touches. Yeah, um, but then I was also doing like blindfold routines and like escape routines and obviously card stuff and coin stuff, and you kind of do a bit of everything um, until you kind of figure out what it is you like. And I think that's a pretty fun phase when you're still trying to figure out, you know, what right, what um, which kind of area speaks the most to you. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I ended up with card magic. It was almost like I ended up with card magic in spite of myself because for, for a while I was like, you know what? I really want to get good at coin magic because carrying a deck of cards around is weird. Carrying a coin around is not weird. So why don't I get really good at that? <laughs> so I tried, but like every time I just kept coming back to the cards 
and so it's almost like in the end i just kind of gave up and i was like all right well whatever <laughs> cards it is i guess let's let's go with that um, it's kind of interesting because i had i was kind of different i, I feel like i kind of just mm. stuck with cards with like a mentalist mm-hmm. kind of edge but mm-hmm. from I, I don't think i yeah like much to my own sadness i've never really branched out into much coin man- magic or escapism or whatever i've kind of always just stuck with the cards maybe it yeah. was takes me a while to get good at anything so <laughs> right <laughs> that was my, my might as well start where you're at exactly yeah <laughs> if i had a vague amount of skill in it i might as well just mm-hmm. stay where i was mm. but i mean when you're so in like deep into it it's yeah it's a fun phase when you're doing all this kind of arts and crafts i don't do that kind of stuff anymore i just don't tend to find the <laughs> mental en- energy to start like cutting up different ropes yeah. and gluing them together and like i remember one although maybe this was a little bit later on but there was like a rick lax trick um it was like vujade i think it's like a matchbox one i remember this because i bought that and it was like there was so much diy that i had to do for that it's buy like a bunch of matchboxes i had to like glue the matches to the i had to like cut the box in half like stick one thing on here glue the matches here but I did it and I was like, I just enjoyed it because that's, I was just so into it. Um, and right. I was just like, all right, well, I'll try it. Cause I, you're at that phase where you're just going to try anything. And so doing that made me kind of realize I was like, well, you know, it's kind of good in the end, but that was an awful lot of work. Um, maybe I'm just lazy, but I've never really liked stuff where you have to do. Yeah. I remember, but even like when you start building your own gimmick cards and stuff, you know, like sticking mm. cards together and all that mm. sort of stuff. In the end, you're just like, yeah, I think I came to the same conclusion. But it really is like, I may as well just put the practice into a slight that can give me the same effect than, or it's yeah, some no. sort of mental trick or whatever. Because like, mm-hmm. it's kind I, of funny, it's like not worth it. <laughs> the the road, I feel like my road in card magic has always been about like <laughs> just being lazy. Because I would, so I didn't do any kind of the other stuff because I was like, seemed like a lot of effort or the DIY. I was just too lazy for that in the end. Um, and then even like all the advanced sleight of hand, I was like kind of too lazy for that. So that almost forced me to come up with different methods that ended up being like really good. Um, but it was almost because, you know, because I was too lazy to do all the sleight of hand. Right. Um, it's, uh, it kind of forced me to think a little bit differently, which um, I think was beneficial in the end. Um, yeah, it has been. So anyway, that's... um. So there was YouTube magic. There was all that. I, I guess really there's start, we started like probably mm-hmm. performing, right? I mean, we started. Doing I think like there's a bit weddings. That, that's like <laughs> that's maybe like a little bit later on. I think there's a phase in between that, which is the kind of like high school magic. Yeah, where <laughs> we just pull out. <laughs> and, and I think enough. Girls, I think I think we think we spoke maybe enough about that for the last one. But maybe maybe too it. much. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to really revisit that. <laughs> yeah. Except I'm saying, yes, that, that was a thing that happened. That dark past. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to remember. So there was that. Um, oh, we start- another big moment. Yeah. Go ahead. Another big moment was... Uh, so I, I did guitar for a while. I mean, I still play. I just don't do lessons as intensely. Um, but I did that for a long time. And my guitar teacher kind of like halfway through um, decided he wanted to open up like a, a used bookstore. And so wow. he just started buying a lot of used books, but he was like still teaching, but he was teaching out of this like bookstore. Um, huh. So I would come in and there'd be books. It wasn't actually been neat though. It was like, he was a really nice guy. Um, actually he was one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He was like really nice. <laughs> uh, and I say that because I don't want to sound too harsh when I say this, but it was not an organized uh, place there was like books just kind of like piled up and there was like almost like a mountain of books where they were just like stacked it's like i don't know how you would have if you saw one that you liked in there i don't even know how you would have got it out because it was all <laughs> just kind of like piled up on top of each other not in like an orderly way but just kind of pile but anyway he knew i'd been doing magic um and so he said hey i found this kind of old magic book because obviously he was buying so many used books and he was like do you want it and i was like this this yeah, actually sounds like the start of like a novel it's like you're like the protagonist, and like you got yeah. this an- ancient book from the used bookstore. Yeah, he's he's like your mentor kind of character, guide, the mentor. Um, 
But that book, I've never really been able to find much reference to it, which is weird because it has a lot of really good stuff in there. It's called The Art of Modern Conjuring. I think part of the issue is that it's like anonymous, so it doesn't right. even say who wrote it. Um, and I think I, uh, when I Google it, I find maybe one or two references, but I, I never, I rarely, very rarely see it talked about. Um, but for me, it was a, it was pretty cool because it taught me at a pretty young age that there is gold in these older books, even if it doesn't sort of look like it on the front. You kind of look at it and you think, "Wow, <laughs> it's not so accessible, is it?" This is old. Yeah, mm. but it's. I just find it crazy how so many of the principles in that book are just as like fooling today as they were like over a hundred years ago. It's kind of crazy. Um, right. Uh, Which kind of links back into our main idea of, I mean, you're, you're building your magic repertoire from a young age. I mean, a lot of the tricks that we did then still fool people now, you know, I mean, we can add extra elements onto them, but a decade on or mm. even more. I mean, it seems more like 16 years on, 15 <laughs> years on. Mm. Uh, I mean, and, and you, a lot of those principles are st- uh, still play a part in performances that we do today. Which is, Yeah, I mean, like the principles don't change. You just get better at implementing them. Right, exactly. And you get better at understanding them. And so it's like, you know, what works is always going to be the same thing. It's kind of the same as any or most most kind of hobbies it's like really the fundamentals are always going to be the fundamentals and that's you're not going to like learn new fundamentals the older you get it's like it's all going to be the same stuff you're just going to get better at you know understanding it on a deeper level um it's kind of interesting um that kind of reminds me of what we were talking about um the other day about that book that you read and that interesting principle or the as you get older, and by the way, we're not saying that <laughs> that we're old <laughs> or that we mm-hmm. uh, have much life experience. Um, but it's an interesting principle in the fact that as life continues, you start to see things as kind of been there, done that, you know? Yeah, so that's, I think that's Ray Dalio, right? That's what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Ray Dalio, um, for any of you who don't know, he's not a magician. <laughs> Although if you Google them, you might think he looks like one. He has <laughs> that magician look, kind of like Magic Castle been there for 80 years look um so but he's he's um he's like a hedge fund invest not a hedge fund i don't know he runs like a big big fund bridgewater associates um and he's like one of the most successful investors of all time um he has a book called principles which is really not about money or investing it's just about general principles um and his idea is kind of like life a lot of the I don't know. I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but a lot of the stuff that happens and a lot of the principles that work in one area of life are the same that will work in another. And the more you sort of zoom out, you see you just have the same fundamentals that just apply differently. Um, which might sound kind of like artsy and stuff, but when you, I'm trying to think of like examples, but there's well, I, I, that I really think, is the case. Yeah, it's like for instance, recently we, I yeah, I'm applying for a green card, and recently we've been trying to get the money together to do that. And mm-hmm. I was kind of stressed out, but then I realized, well, last, well, a few months ago, we got this random bill that we had to pay a lot of money for Nadia's schooling. Who's my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of then, you know, I was getting stressed about the green card application and blah, blah, blah. And I started to realize, you know, this is one of those been there, done that moments, you know, <laughs> like, I've already been through the stress of finding money out of nowhere for some sort of application that seems like it's a huge deadline. You know, I can do this and I don't have to worry quite as much because I've already been through it and I already know that I can get through it again. And I, I guess that's kind of putting that in magic terms. You can think about it of, uh, but, but about it as it was kind of what we were talking about last episode together where, where we're talking about how your failures start to become your greatest strengths and, I think it's the same thing when you've been through something, even if it's not quite the same situation, if you can just remember that and hold on to the thought that I've already done this and I can go through this and I don't have to be stressed because I know that it's already worked out for me once. So it's going to work out for me again. And I, mm. I'm glad that you I do actually shared that principle with me because it, it helped me kind of stress less about mm-hmm. everything that, that's, that's going on for me right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting how that can apply into kind of the microcosm of 
of magic performance as well is is the same kind of principles apply and i think the sort of phrase he uses in the book is um just another one of those where every time it kind of feels like this time's different but then you know over time the more it happens the more you realize oh you know this is just another one of those it's just in in a slightly different format or it's under a slightly different appearance um but it's not just about problems as well it's more just about because it definitely is about problems and overcoming problems and obstacles is you realize similar principles are at play in different walks of life but it's also the same in terms of what works and like the the positives as well as like the negatives and overcoming the negatives so for one example that was coming to my mind as you were talking was um and again i think this is one that i we were talking about just the other day um so i used to i used to run quite a lot i mean i still do it's just a you know the we had this kind of like local running club but you know how it is when you run <laughs> i guess when you're running you're just like huffing and puffing and it's not very and we would always like share drinks and like food afterwards and yeah. i mean the whole thing is kind of a nightmare logistically it's not now, COVID so I don't friendly. Know. it's definitely not um so i don't do that quite as much anymore but back when it was kind of at its peak we were running you know quite long distances every week and i've never really been a runner which is strange to say because i've always felt like not naturally inclined to run in it's more just a case of like <laughs> i just get out there and run and then like over time you actually like kind of get decent at it um which i guess is a lesson in itself that wasn't the point of the story the point of the story was that in these like long runs there's a there's moments where it's like every time you think you're out of energy and you kind of like <laughs> have to stop but especially when it's with like a running club and you have other people around you and you think, well, I can't cause like I got to keep up with the group. So you just keep on going. And then I don't know. I think you learn a lot about mental um, resilience when you're running. And then you discover that that principle is also applicable in other stuff. So for example, like, um, like I write a lot um, cause obviously there's, there's, there's emails, there's blogs, there's, training and there's all this kind of stuff and sometimes when you're running it's a similar experience to running where like you feel tired but you physically feel tired because it's it's draining it's a draining process to be creative and, and do that kind of thing and every time you think you've hit the wall um what might have happened if i hadn't had that experience of running is i think well that's it i, I must be out of energy i kind of have to go off recharge do something else you know i've, I've burnt out um air quotes and then because you already know, well, you know, this is kind of just another, this is the same thing. Again, it's all just mental. Um, and if I can, if you can deal with it in, in that kind of situation, you can deal with it here. And so over time, you get better at just being able to kind of just power through. And then it suddenly kind of gets easier after that. You find your flow again. Maybe it gets harder again later. Again, you just power through. And so it's a, I find it a very similar thing, running long distances and writing just writing in general, um, which I guess is a, just an example of this idea that um, these principles is the same principles because it's all about, it's more just the inner principles are the same, but the outer kind of factors are different. So the inner principle of like just keeping on going, that's sort of the principle and that you can you can go on for longer than you think you can and you can push harder than you think you can without stopping um and also that isn't in itself it's not like bad for you you can carry on doing that and that's actually going to be healthy for you in the end that is like the inner principle it just sort of shows itself in different ways whether it's writing or running or um working out i don't know whatever it is and so that's i think that's what it's about is that all the principles are internal um and so they're very similar we're all humans and so it's always going to be the same internal principles um we're just going to each of us going to bump into different external factors that draw them out uh i don't know how we managed to get onto that topic yeah <laughs> we suddenly somehow went from yeah. uh something to to, to the yeah real 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 deep there for a second but uh, let's 
let's let's try and tie the tie the loose ends together before this gets too long. So <laughs> continuing forward from uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, what we were talking um, about. Um, I mean, after we, so afterwards, mm-hmm. I mean, we really started started performing at weddings. Uh, we started to well, I did street magic for a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did. Uh, we did like that one our kind of like pinnacle moment where we were able to perform for over like 700 people. Um, and then I went off to France for two years and kind of took a sabbatical from everything. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I actually, <laughs> yeah. you just did the um, disappearing voice trick. And so I missed like everything you just said. So maybe oh. you can. Yeah. Do the, I was just, yeah. <laughs> do that again. Perhaps. Uh, I think I should have recorded on my side, so at least they'll be able to hear it. Right, right. I, yeah, sorry, you're going to yeah. have to hear this twice, but I maybe just do a sh- super short. I'll do it again. Yeah. So I was just saying, uh, after that we we did weddings. Uh, we did that. We had that cool moment where we were able to perform for over 700 people, and then I kind of took a sabbatical from life to, for two years. Went to France. Um, did uh did volunteer work there for a while, and then yeah, I mean, kind of, I'll yeah. probably interject by saying that like. You know, seven hundred is pretty small peanuts to some of the guys out there, but oh yeah, when you're young, but for us that was a big moment. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a milestone. I think that was like the first big one. Um, yeah, which is why we remember it so specifically. Um, but we've we, people we we've always kind of performed together. <laughs> like whenever we're together, mm-hmm. we end up performing something, and I think that's really mm-hmm. what's kept kept us actually kind of going back to your metaphor of the running club. The fact that both of us mm. have always performed is it's almost like it's not allowed us to ever quit magic because whenever mm. we get back together, it's like you were right. saying, like we want to run and catch up with each other again. It kind of mm-hmm. relights that uh, internal mm. fire and the mm. fun that really comes from magic. I mean, nothing more so than one of us totally fooling the other. It's kind of like, oh, I need to up my game. <laughs> they were obviously able yeah. to. When Magic says one of us, he means. Out himself fooling me (laughs) well i mean you did that hindu force thing remember that was pretty right yeah back when i was 10 (laughs) but yeah but i i think really it's just been it's been i mean we've we've always been to magic when benji came to visit me in the u.s because my family moved while i was in france we kind of Mm -hmm. jumped back into it and that we went to see darren brown and i think that was really then that we decided to kind of put the whole daily magician thing together because we realized that yeah, I mean, I'd been doing it for yeah. a while before that, but it just it didn't have quite the same momentum behind it. So maybe recap, because there is one other thing we might miss. Oh, yeah, um... which is your big... <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of well, skipped your I cool mean, part of the story of... while I was in France, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I'd say cool, but definitely different, I think, different from most people's experience in magic. So most people only kind of ever experience magic from one side, which is the... And this isn't a bad thing, by the way. This is just how it is you know most people are they uh so they read the books they perform the stuff um but a lot of people don't really see like behind the scenes and so i think one thing that i was like really lucky to be able to do was because i'd started up this whole website the day and they just kind of way back um and that had got the attention of some of the other kind of website owners slash magicians and so i started to work with some of those guys because they'd seen what i was doing and they kind of uh, I mean, the thing is, right, I, I write a lot and I have a good, uh, I can write quite a lot without um, kind of what we were talking about earlier. I think just the sheer output alone, <laughs> not not necessarily the quality of what I was writing, but the sheer output was enough to sort of attract some people's attention and go like, okay, well, you know, what are you doing? Okay, you got our attention. What, 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 what's up with that? And so I was able to work with some of those guys. Um branch out, branch that out and so that gave me kind of like this behind the scenes look where you sort of see what goes on um with a lot of these big companies like behind the scenes which is actually really valuable um which is because it's not something i ever really anticipated um but it it's definitely a very different side of magic and we could sit and talk about it for hours but i don't know how long we want to make this that was huge though and i think that's one thing that's been quite unique about how I've yeah. experienced magic is not just as like a consumer of it, which again is fine because um, that's ninety nine percent of magicians, and it's <laughs> it's probably a less stressful way to experience magic, <laughs> and maybe even the better way. But 
it was definitely very, very interesting to, to look sort of behind the curtain and see how it actually works on the other side as as like a I don't yeah. want to say producer, but um and, and Benji's purposely not mentioning any names, by the way, but he's he's worked with some pretty big people and worked with at least been able to see kind of how it, it works in some of the I guess you could call bigger yeah, I mean, it's, of magic. It's it's it is pretty mental because you know it's definitely a whole kind of subculture that you don't even realize exists until you're a part of it. And um, yeah, some of the names, again, I'm not name drop because that's <laughs> hate it when people do that, but, and even maybe by saying that I've already, already committed that sin, but right. Um, I thought it was, <laughs> it's okay. I, I commit, I committed the sin recap. for you. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but it's like guys that you've seen. It's just a strange feeling when you've grown up, sort of hero worshiping some of these guys and like well maybe not that far but <laughs> you watch all their stuff you see them on television you see uh, you buy their products and they're these kind of like huge figures and then you end up like sort of uh you know working with them and, and running stuff and you know running promotions and campaigns and like releasing stuff with them and it's definitely a strange experience even especially meeting when them you're... in person right yeah but i mean it's when you're in blackpool that, when... that was cool too uh, and um, I don't know. It's weird because it's almost like <laughs> you, you, it feels strange. It's like, well, what are you? You almost I don't know. I I don't really want to get into the old imposter syndrome here, but it does feel like that sometimes, especially when all you've ever experienced is just you know your own experience of magic, and so you you never really tend to think of yourself as like anything special. Um, so then when you start working with these kind of people, it's like, <laughs> hang on, like, what? Why am I doing this again? Could you just go find somebody else off the street? Um, <laughs> so that I don't know. That was a whole whole thing in itself, which was fun um, in a very different way, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, um, I, I did. I did kind of like completely wreck your origin story there. I kind of just like <laughs> skipped right. I was like, well, I was in France, so I guess Benji did nothing yeah. for two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we're probably, I, I don't know, we can, we can make I, I actually, about I, like that. Mm-hmm. I, actually have, I actually have a question for you, just like wrap everything up before we, okay. before yeah. we end. I would say, go okay, first, in, in your 20 years of life experience, what is, what is kind of your biggest, say, say you were going to, leave for 10 years tomorrow right and you only had one piece of advice that you could give me what would it be and then my second question would be the same but in mm-hmm. in reference to magic so we can so we can keep on theme oh okay <laughs> i mean it's probably gonna be the same answer either way kind of like what we were talking about earlier where these principles right, yeah, are yeah they interlace they're the same interlock. you know um mm-hmm. i guess the answer would be um at least Speaking from your heart. my own experience now, <laughs> the answer is probably um, work on your top palm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? No, I was just kind of buying time there. Um, <laughs> I think I, I kind of wanted to, to, to see if I could come up with some kind of like clever way of saying it, but I think it's just one word, which is consistency. Um, and I think that's been the one separating that's the only thing i think that i can credit as uh i think that's the one skill that i can say because i don't think i'm any better than you know just i mean anybody else really at a lot of this stuff it's just if i have anything going for me it's that i'm <laughs> pretty persistent pretty consistent um and so i think it just it, i mean that just applies to everything right so there's a I guess I'll give you a couple examples. So I used to be pretty big on like self-help and habits and stuff, but I always kind of just read those books and felt really good about myself for a little bit afterwards and then just kind of moved on to the next one. And never, nothing ever really stuck um, until the book, uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Um, and there's a concept he talks about in there, which he kind of like labels uh, a private victory. Oh, private victory is and versus like public victories. And so when he talks about private victories, that's about the stuff you do every day that nobody else sees, nobody else ever sees. So 
it's like you have to take it upon yourself to do that stuff. You don't get any kind of rewards for doing it. Nobody's watching you. Nobody's saying like, good job. You just do it and nobody else knows you do it. But over time, those little like private victories, you know, add up and it turns you into, I don't know, it, it helps you achieve those public victories, but they have to come first. And so anyway, I kind of like that word and I like the concept. So I started a little thing that I, I called my own like private victories. Where it was like, I had like a list of habits where I was like, I want to do these things every single day. And so I just started doing them every single day. And that has been the one biggest, like most beneficial factor that I can name so far um, of anything, really anything that I've done, which is just this idea of like consistency and just give, because what I, the way I'd do it was I'd have like a little whiteboard and I'd like write down like a one word kind of thing for each thing that I wanted to do. And at the end of each day, I'd have to go stand next to that whiteboard and I couldn't go to sleep until I had ticked off everything on there. And so over time, you get better and better at doing those habits and then you start to add in new ones. Um, but it's like you you sort of gain, it's not like it takes more time. You just get like faster at doing them. You get more efficient. You get a better kind of like skill for it. and so. Yeah, one I think good example is um so obviously we have the the emails that we send out. Um and obviously we're the daily magician, so it makes sense <laughs> we, we send daily emails. Right. And that's not easy. Um or at least it wasn't okay, no, it's still not easy. It's it's hard. Um and but we do it every day. And it's just about consistency and and not even just like consistency because sometimes when I say that I think it's going to be it might sound intimidating because if you did a similar thing and you like listed all these habits and you're like I gotta do these every day and then you start doing them you're like I gotta do it like 110 percent I gotta do this and it can be intimidating if you tell yourself you have to do it perfectly each day but I think the key is not just consistency it's it's not perfect consistency in terms of like you're doing stuff and you're you're executing it perfectly each time it's more just showing up you know so there's some days where, and if you're, if you get the emails, <laughs> I'm sure you've read one or two of my emails and thought, hang on, <laughs> were you like asleep when you wrote this? Because I genuinely like was, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, it gets late and I'm like, but I, I just got to do it. You know, I can't sleep until I do it. And so I have to do it. Um, and it's just about showing up and not necessarily making it amazing. Although I do try, I try my best. Um, but for all these different habits, like, you know, um, one of them is like, I want to work out every day. Sometimes it gets to like you know, four in the morning. I haven't done that yet. So I'm not going to get like, oh, well, I can't do a full 30 minute hour long workout. So I'm not going to do it at all. I'll just say, okay, well, let's do it like five minutes. But either way, just like showing up every day, that is like the key thing. Doesn't I, I, need I think to that, be necessarily that like links into an important incredible. principle as well that I, mm-hmm. I learned. Um, in a, quite a scenic setting in the mountains of mm-hmm. southern France, <laughs> I was with kind of like a guru, I don't know, person. <laughs> wow, great stuff. She, she, she was basically, we were talking and she told me, you know, the thing is like your best is different depending on every day. Maybe mm. like, like you were saying, like maybe your best for one day Maybe you had maybe you had a crap day. I don't know. Maybe your dog died, you know. <laughs> so maybe your best for that day, like you were saying, is a two minute workout, you know. Or or maybe it's not working out because you need to go to bed and cry. Do you know? What I, mean? <laughs> I don't know if you see what I'm saying, but well, it's an in, it's an interesting okay. principle in <laughs> in, so, in yeah. the in the way of like consistency, but like it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect every day. Yeah, because I think that's the one thing that can be intimidating. Like, people don't start because they think, well, I'm never going to be able to do all these things. Like, does it matter if I'm doing them? Because I'm not going to be able to do them. But it doesn't matter. Like, just by showing up, you will get better at it anyway. And, like, over time, it's this kind of idea of, like, compound interest. But if you imagine it, like, your own skill set is what you're investing in. And so if you understand the concept of compound interest, it's a crazy powerful thing where if you, it kind of builds on itself. And I think it's a similar thing here where you just keep on doing it every day. Right the results can be quite astonishing like over time as it compounds exactly um, but you have same to with the diet for that to, to it's like the same with the diet and, and even exercise right it's like 
first week you don't see much, but 12 weeks later, if you've been doing it consistently, you will actually start to see a difference, right? So I, I think, yeah. Thank you for that advice. Yeah. Although, sorry, you, you asked, you asked um, how that relates to magic. Didn't you? I think a good yeah. a little tie-in to, to make this a neat, neat enough finish is um, just that. So one of my habits, obviously, is like you know, practicing magic today. And just having that habit of like, I need to, you know, I need to sit down, I need to handle the cards every day has been hugely beneficial because I think it's just that point of contact. And so sometimes I think the times in my life when I've been not as sort of involved in magic as I might have liked to be are the times when you put the cards down and you don't pick them up for like six months. And so obviously you're not going to improve. Whereas, you know, if you make sure, even if it's like five minutes a day, two minutes, even if it's like 20 seconds, even if it's like five seconds, as long as you pick up those cards every single day, you're putting yourself in that position to, you know, grow and, and to get better at it. And if you don't put yourself in that position, then it's never even going to be an option. Um, you kind of have to, you have to show up to, because sometimes you show up and you're not going to like do anything great, but in order it's like you can show up without doing something great but to do something great you have to show up and so that's why it's important that you are always showing up um and again like the compound interest idea like if you're doing magic every every single day you're improving by a tiny percentage every day that like adds up a lot over time um right so anyway i don't know uh that that is just my opinion and i know it's uh i'm not trying to make it sound like i I get it all, but I figure if there's any place to share it, it's probably here. So right. Um, wow, that was uh, okay. Well, that was a good, that was that do, a good lengthy one for today. Yeah, a good, good length. Yeah, I need to get um, get gone because uh, there's people waiting for me to go and do the usual things people do on their birthdays. Um, although, don't worry, <laughs> I will be back. I will be. I mean, this is kind of like what I was saying: consistency, just showing up. Like, obviously, I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to spend two hours like writing emails today but i am going to show up and i'm going to spend a good 20 minutes half an hour writing out an email um and all this other stuff because it's like you know you just have to do it um that's what it comes down to you know just mm-hmm. just do it <laughs> just do it every single day uh all right um well and I think, yeah, I think, obviously that's not the whole... Hopefully we didn't come over too overbearing there. Obviously, disclaimer, we are 20 and 21, so we're not exactly, uh, when it comes to life experience, we're not we're not quite there yet, but yeah, I mean, we but got like, something out of it. I know I got something out of it from what Benji said. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you I, I asked, at least benefited, oh. <laughs> benefited right? So, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, you... It's always beneficial to try and uh, explain your own sort of like philosophies in life because that teaches you about them. Because, you know, if you can't explain them, then you don't understand them. Right. And so I think it's, exactly. it's always good for people to try and do that because it will force you to actually evaluate what it is mm-hmm. that's going on. Um, oh, you know what? We just I just realized we meant we should, totally should have done this at the beginning, but I guess it's better late than never. Um we had a couple of people write in after the last podcast or, or the first podcast, I guess, because we did that second one. That was just me. Um, I'm Benji. <laughs> the other guy. I'm Jacob. Jacob. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, we should have done that at the beginning. But... We should have done that. <laughs> we'll do that in future. Um, but yeah, like I said, we just kind of hit record and went went a bit on this one. So yeah, let's not hopefully let's not think of the format. Um, <laughs> hopefully, it was a uh, order like listenable. Is that a word? Yeah, it was listenable. Uh, <laughs> comprehensible i don't know who comprehensible yeah maybe um and i think we will we will end it there and end obviously with the obligatory plug to go check out the dailymagician.com for more discussions like this delivered daily to your inbox um mm-hmm. and subscribe rate and review let us know if you enjoyed what else you'd like to hear us talk about we are very open to suggestion um we obviously we're only just getting started but a lot of the topics we'll be talking about are ones that you guys have sent sent in we've already got quite a lot of people who've wrote in so we've got more than enough um to go off of uh but if you send in more we're going to be making a lot of these so 
we we'll we make sure to to, to shout to you out. out. Yeah, and I mean, tell us if you want to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's entirely optional. Yeah. Okay. With that said, I think that's happy that's birthday, Ben. I'm gonna. Thank you. I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna. I think one of the presents that I know beforehand um, is a wonderful looking book, Drawing Room Deceptions by Guy Hongworth. I don't know why I haven't read it before now, but I'm, I'm very excited to rectify that wrong. Go and read it because there's a lot of good stuff about it. Perfect. And with that said, I think that's the end of this podcast.